think if you look back at the way that the role of the CMO and marketing leader has changed to be much more focused on revenue, it's not only about bringing in the prospects, you have to follow that through. So leading marketers, chief market officers are focused on how marketing is driving revenue, pipeline, and looking further down the field. But that means where is that next order of revenue coming from after you bring on the new customer? And because marketers have always been focused on know your customer first and foremost, know your audience, they're so well positioned to be a bridge between the sales and CS leader. Hi, and welcome back to SaaS Half Full, the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers. I'm Lindsay Groper, president at Blast Media. And as always, I will be both your host and your bartender today. Today's conversation is with Karen Budell, who is the CMO of Tatango. Karen and I dive into what she would like to call the three-legged stool of customer success, which involves CS leads, sales leads, and the marketing lead. Now, traditionally, it's thought of as really more of a sales team to CS handoff, but Karen walks us through why the word handoff is broken to begin with. We all know that it is way, way more expensive to attain new logos than it is to expand on the current ones that you have. So why, people, aren't we doing it? Why aren't we all doing it in an effective way and running expansion campaigns? Well, Karen will explain why and give us some tips on how to stand that up. So if you care to grab a drink and join me as I speak with Karen from Tatango. Hey, Karen, welcome to Sassafull. Hey, Lindsay, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here today. I'm excited to talk to you. It's been a while since we connected. We are very fortunate that you are a client at Blast Media, and we always appreciate having you on the show to talk about what I think is going to be a very interesting topic. It's one that's definitely resonated with me. But first things first, this show is SaaS Half Full. It is the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers, meaning that we ship our guests a cocktail or mocktail kit. And are you joining me for a drink today? I am with a lovely little hibiscus sugar rim here on my mocktail. Yes. For those of you that are not watching and just listening, Karen understood the assignment and she actually mixed it up. It looks beautiful, has all the accoutrements. I, on the other hand, am putting forth very little effort with a glass of Cabernet because it's the easiest thing for me to drink on a pretty chilly Monday afternoon. So here we go, kicking things off. Karen, before we dive into our topic, I want to get a bit of background on you and just give our listeners an understanding of who you are, currently CMO of Tatango. But can you walk us through your journey into B2B SaaS marketing? Is this something you've been doing for a while and sort of worked your way through B2B SaaS companies, or did you fall into this altogether? Well, my path here is not traditional, but interestingly connected to our Topic at hand, starting off with a drink. Once upon a time was a reporter and journalist for the Chicago Tribune Company. And after covering the city police and courts beat, I covered Chicago nightlife for several years, reporting on the new restaurants, bars, and lounges that were opening, getting the scoop to all Chicagoans. So I learned a thing or two about mixology and cocktails, which is why this assignment really resonated with me. But after about a decade or so in journalism and working in publishing, I had spent part of that time going back to grad school to pursue my MBA, focus in a concentration in marketing, and make that transition into marketing at the Tribune Publishing Company. So that was a really interesting transition. I was going through a lot of career changes myself at a time when the industry was going through a lot of upheaval 
really seeing the print revenues decline, new technology like the iPhone and social media was disrupting newspaper publishing. And it was an incredible time for me to get my feet wet in marketing, get more exposure to how content and media and advertising come together to persuade audiences. I made a transition into a small private agency after that for a couple of years, leading a content, social media, and digital team as a chief content officer of an agency that did about half of its revenues in custom print publishing and half in digital and social media. So really nice bridge and transition into that. And through that role was pitching to a lot of CMOs, CXOs, the value of storytelling to build brands, to drive conversions with their customers. And um, just through life change, found myself moving from Chicago to California and working in tech. And at the time, this was about 10 years ago, content marketing storytelling was really big for tech brands. And so my expertise came together at a serendipitous time for B2B tech. I've been in SaaS for the past decade or so and really loving it. I love change. I thrive in an environment that's going through those pivots, if you will. So enjoying the journey. Love that. And I 100% support and believe that storytelling is still crucial for me to be SaaS brands and technology companies. And I too, Karen, lived in a world when we started Blast Media, which was pre-iPhone and pre-social media. We just onboarded a very fresh new team member out of school and the wide eyes when I say that, yes, we existed pre-iPhone, pre-social media is always funny to see. And for those listeners who don't know what Tatango is, give us a quick elevator pitch on why Tatango exists. So Tatango is customer success software, which means that we help companies prevent churn, increase team productivity, and drive growth through expansion of their customer base, which is a hot topic these days. We help you get a picture of your customer health at the individual account level and across your portfolio so you can manage those risks and opportunities for growth. And another way to think of it, if folks aren't in the customer success space or familiar with that. It's really that relationship with your customer post-sale. So everyone celebrates that you've closed a new deal. Really, that's just the beginning. And so Tatango helps businesses grow through their customer base. And today we're going to be talking about, yes, customer success as a, I think you said little c, little s, but also the customer success role and how traditionally that is really seen as a sales and CS relationship, but your thoughts around how it really needs to be a three-legged stool and be marketing CS and sales. But I did want to, to underscore something that you said before I hit record here, which is just the customer success term is really coming up in a lot more conversations outside of the CS role than it has. And we're seeing this too as a services business is while net new logos are always important and they always will be, they're a bit harder to come by the last year. And so really looking inwards and saying like, oh shit, we probably have some immense opportunities for growth and expansion with our current customers, but who's really responsible Who's owning it? Is it CS? Is it someone dedicated to upselling? What does that look like? So talk to me about what you're seeing just out in the wild and in your groups and as you have your conversations about what's driving this customer success conversation. 
Sure. Well, let me start by taking a little bit of a step back because before I was working more directly in the customer success industry at a CS software provider, the last 10 years or so that I've been in SaaS, I have seen time and time again, so many companies struggle with driving growth through expansion because everyone owns a piece of it. Once you bring someone on board as a customer, you've got every functional team touching that customer throughout their journey in some way, shape, or form. And so it's a challenge because it requires cross-functional alignment, cross-functional collaboration, and communication. And I think we're finally at that point in the market where people understand, as you said, it's not only about net new logos. It can't be. That's not sustainable in this environment. And so figuring out how to orchestrate that expansion motion, how to have the right processes, the people and technology in place is really kind of the focus of so many business leaders and CXOs that I'm speaking to today, whether that's CMOs and how their marketing team can extend from that prospect through to the lead opportunity stage and support the customer lifecycle for that growth, or it's sales leaders who are trying to understand the role that their revenue operations team or account managers and account execs play in that customer lifecycle. And then CS, which some companies may have and others, we still talk to several businesses that are just building out and establishing a customer success practice and organization. So I think that's why it's a struggle. It involves everyone. And then the big question is, who's owning it? Who's driving it? Right. Someone once said this to me, and it was actually about processes, but it really applies across, is if everyone's responsible, no one's responsible. And the original saying was, if you have two systems, you have no systems. <laughs> it's You need to have the right the one. But we see this even with our own organization is there are different people responsible for the internal expansion, but there's no one clear person. So in an ideal world, Karen, who should own that? Who should be driving that expansion effort? Yeah. Well, the classic answer of it's going to depend based on your own organizational structure and roles. But Tatango is really passionate about empowering the leader for the customer success organization. Sometimes that's a chief customer officer. Some organizations have the chief revenue officer title in that position. Regardless of the structure, whoever is owning that relationship post-sale with the customer looking to drive adoption, which involves a connection to the product organization, looking to drive additional value creation and use of your products or services typically involving some part of the sales org, or looking to really tap into that advocacy to grow through word of mouth and then your friends in marketing come into play. We really believe that customer success has its opportunity to have that seat at the C-suite table because they're now so tied to growth for the enterprise. For those that lead customer success, are you most often finding that they're responsible for renewal and not upselling? Or is it a combination? So this is one of the hot topics that is being widely discussed in customer success communities with our own customers. In fact, with our customer advisory board, it's been a topic a couple of times with our meetings this year. Renewal managers and having someone that is really focused on that renewal motion is increasingly important, especially given the 
economic environment that we're in. So that requires its own focus. Having a view to forecast what is coming up for renewal in quarters ahead, what is your action plan for those accounts is critical. And then when it comes to expansion, perhaps as part of that renewal, or it could be before or after the renewal motion, that's where there's a lot of discussion around who owns that. And if it's an account manager, I mean, if you go back a couple of decades, that was sort of the early days of CS. So that account manager might sit in the sales organization. They might sit in the broader customer success and service organization. So that's where we're seeing a lot of leaders figure out what the right structure is and the right roles and responsibilities and whether or not that renewal and expansion is owned within the CS organization. We're seeing many leaders, our customers and folks that we engage with in the community looking for ways that CS can get credit for the qualified leads and opportunities that they surface for closing because they're so close to that customer day in and day out. And they have a pulse on what the health is of that account and where they can get more value. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where you know CS leaders become even more sticky is being able to directly tie that expansion revenue through to that. Talk to us about what typically happens in that sales to CS handoff and areas where you see that go wrong. For those of you listening, whether you have a CS team or person or not, sales team sells something, contract ink is dry, and then you write deals done and you will have somebody that's responsible, hopefully, for checking in with that account and seeing how it's going, whether that is quarterly uh, or biannually. But how does that handoff typically go? So that's an interesting word because if you just consider it a handoff and throw it over the fence, that's when things go wrong. And what we're seeing more and more, and we do this ourselves, is how can you bring that customer success, maybe that onboarding or implementation team into the conversation before you close the customer and bring them on board. So shifting those conversations earlier in the process ensures a smoother handoff that feels a little bit more collaborative and hand-in-hand versus throwing that contract and new customer over the fence. So that's what we like to see, having those conversations take place earlier. What does the onboarding or implementation process look like? getting your customers or the buying committee used to that and understanding it. So it's not just a sign the contract and now let me send an email introduction to your CSM. There needs to be a little bit more refinement of that process, the roles and responsibilities that teams are playing. Are you finding though that that is more the norm where it's a deal's closed and then it's an email saying, here's your CS lead and then bye. What we've seen is that's the earlier stage of maturity. So as I mentioned, we're still seeing a lot of companies stand up customer success organizations and practices. And I think that's what happens when you haven't really fine-tuned your machine. When we see customers in more of a mature stage of having that post-sale organization built out, that's where it's a lot more alignment, collaboration, and connection. And so the customer is clear who's driving at what point of that journey and when do they have someone else helping them through that post-sale experience. So more mature companies are developing or had developed this whole post-sale process, collaboration, and we're just talking between sales and CS. You, though, are in the belief that there should be another department that is part of that, which creates that three-legged stool, which is marketing. So traditionally, we think of marketing helps bring in the lead, sales close it, CX renews it, upsells it. How is that changing or how do you want to see that change? 
Well, I think if you look back at the way that the role of the CMO and marketing leader has changed to be much more focused on revenue, it's not only about bringing in the prospects, you have to follow that through. So leading marketers, chief market officers are focused on how marketing is driving revenue, pipeline, and looking further down the field. But that means where is that next order of revenue coming from after you bring on the new customer? And because marketers have always been focused on know your customer first and foremost, know your audience, they're so well positioned to be a bridge between the sales and CS leader. Let's be honest, there's lots of discussions around the tension between sales and CS because we've talked about it. Sometimes that handoff or the role in relationship isn't clear. And I think marketers and uh, sales leaders, you know, we've been our own meme of tension in that category for a couple of decades. Building on tension that already exists between sales and marketing. Yeah. So we've learned a thing or two. And I think that relationship has improved so much over the last five to 10 years. So customer marketing in particular can be a great bridge to bringing everyone together. It's how are you tapping into your best advocates? How are you understanding who are your best fit customers? What products and services are they using? What makes them more successful or most successful? And how do you replicate that both in finding more like them, more your best fit ICP customers as a marketer, but also leveraging them to drive growth through leveraging advocacy as an expansion tool? Can you give us a couple examples of specific customer marketing campaigns that you have seen perform really well? Can you walk us through what some of the elements are that make up a solid customer marketing campaign? Sure. Well, one of the things that we found success in and that I see some really great examples of in the industry are when you find those customers who have really cracked the code on your product or service, they're almost teaching you and your product organization what you should be doing better or differently. Leverage them to share where they found success, whether that's through your live event or a user conference, a webinar, a short video series. I'm seeing this so much more in B2B SaaS. You see a host of names and brand logos now when you sign up for an event and everyone is clamoring to learn from those who have figured it out. So that I think is key to cracking the code on a successful campaign. People want to know what they don't know. So most of the audience that we have on this podcast is SaaS marketers of really of all shapes and sizes. So we have maybe they're a solo marketer in a smaller company all the way up to publicly traded where they have a large organization. If marketing currently does not have a role in CS, what advice would you have to get that engine going? Like who should that first meeting be with? What should be discussed in that first meeting and expectations? What advice would you have there? Yeah, I would say you'll find that your customer success managers have great stories that they can surface from the customers they work with day in and day out. And if you don't have a customer marketer, a product marketer, or maybe a content marketer can sit down and extract that story and those insights and find an opportunity to collaborate there. We've had some great success hosting some of our customers through webinars and virtual events where the CSM and the customer will tag team and co-host that session. And you'll just really see a lot of rich questions come up from the audience engagement then because they want to know not only about the strategy, but they get into the nitty gritty details of how. How did you do that with the product? What is the best practice? And then I would say, in addition to finding those customers that are doing it well, creating the space, if you will, for them to help each other outside of the way you and your team engage with customers. And that's through community. 
So we're seeing a much more importance on community over the past several years. I'm sure the pandemic had something to do with that. But that's another area where marketers and CS, the ownership, the relationship that they can play together in building and growing that community really goes hand in hand. So I would say find your best customers who are passionate about speaking and sharing their own successes with others, and then create a space, whether that's through a community platform, a Slack channel, even just regular dinners or meetups throughout where you are focused could be a great way to create that sense of community, small C, big C, however you want to refer to it. Who is typically running that community management? We've had this conversation even just internally as an agency. It's like, well, who's responsible for it? Are you in there? looking for opportunities to engage? Are you not looking in there at all? And it's just a place for your you know customers to be? Is that a customer success led effort? I would say I would start with what is the goal of your community? So if it's really to deepen that adoption, engagement, and the value that your customers are seeing from your product or service, then it makes sense for customer success, probably in partnership with product and marketing, but CS to really drive that community effort. If it's broader in scope and it's more about industry best practices and less to do with your product per se, then I think that's a great place for marketing to drive and bring in outside voices, creating those topics to move the industry forward. So that's where I would say it depends on what your goal is in the stage of your company or community development. Okay. And Karen, do you own your community, you personally, the Tatango community? Do you own any part of customer success as CMO? Yes. So I own our customer advisory board, and that is our executive community. I lead that as the executive sponsor in close partnership with our head of customer success. But that is a community I drive, and that enables me to bring in what I'm tracking in terms of what's happening in the market into that group of leaders. Those conversations, as I was mentioning earlier with my definition, are really big and broad and wide ranging and less so focused on our product and capabilities there. And then our customer success organization is focused on expanding our community and learning efforts really, which go hand in hand. So our knowledge base, our Tatango campus, which offers short bite-sized self-paced learning and certification, and then that community engagement is owned by CS because it's much more focused on our product and capabilities. Okay. How do you get everybody between sales, CS, marketing to look at one single source of truth? Like what is the data that matters? Because certainly not everyone needs all of it. There's already too much data to try and sift through. What data matters in terms of visibility amongst all three? That is a great question. So we are proponents of integrating the data sources that matter to your functional leaders so that everyone can come together of a shared view of your customer. And that starts with the customer health. We really believe that having a strong customer health profile, a multidimensional customer health. So how are they using your product? What's their license utilization? What parts of your product or services are they adopting? What's their MPS score and feedback? That's a critical component of it. Also understanding their contract terms when those are up for renewal. We talked about the importance of renewal and retention and growth through expansion. 
And also campaigns. What campaigns are your customers seeing? Which ones are they engaging with? Having that view of the customer journey and where they're engaging at each point from onboarding to adoption to advocacy. If they're a member of your cab, if you can have all of that data visible and a single source of truth and accessible to your cross-functional partners, that's when everyone's operating off of the same data to inform an expansion campaign which will typically involve everyone from across your organization. And, you know, I'm biased here. We offer a great solution for folks to have that single point of view. But just, I would say, integrate the sources that matter to sales, CS, marketing, and product, and then find that one place, that source of truth where everyone can make decisions and run their efforts off of is key to success. I just wrote down expansion campaign because I guarantee there's some of you listening right now that's like, I've never run one of those. So now is the time. Coming into the new year, get all the data that you need. Figure out who your best customers are with all the different data points that Karen just mentioned and run an expansion campaign and spin that up with your sales and CS team and watch the magic happen. Karen, I ask all of our guests the same question at the very end of the episode. For those of you that have listened all the way to the end, thank you so much. The question that I ask is, what do you wish that more CEOs understood about marketing? Oh, I feel like this is the age old question. It's how do you balance the long-term and the short-term results in marketing? We are so focused on driving the short-term impact as a business and marketers, but you can't put off those long-term investments in increasing your awareness and driving preference with your customers. So. Understanding that that effort is not always easy to attribute down to the tactic and channel. That's something that I wish more folks understood. It's all about balance. Yeah. That answer has been echoed in various forms in the majority of senior level marketers that I interview, which has been really interesting. I did a wrap up about it a few months ago because it was just so obvious that that was the wish is that understanding the long-term investments, understanding that not everything is measurable and, uh, you know, sort of just a lot around the brand, which is, I mean, great to hear in that, you know, we know marketers value brand, but also it's like, we're still here. (laughs) We're still here. (laughs) CEOs still don't, you know. We're still here. And I don't know if we'll ever not be here. I will say, Lindsay, I feel like the pendulum has shifted back a little bit. There was so much focus on performance marketing and attribution for years. And something that the pandemic has taught us is, you know, you can't plan for everything and you have to be investing for that long-term growth and that opportunity. So we're starting to see some more understanding of the importance of investing in brand and long-term growth. But We're not quite there yet, so. Still holding out hope. Still doing the thing. All good. Well, do you have a signature or a favorite toast to send us out of the episode? Oh, well, I would just say thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great chatting with you. And cheers to customer growth in 2024. Let's go. Expansion campaigns for the win. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks again to Karen for joining me on SAS Half Full. I really enjoyed that conversation. Um, It's making me look inwards at our own agency at Blast Media. Even though we're a services company versus a SaaS company, a lot of this conversation resonated with me in terms of growing our current client base. And I'm feeling a lot of what Karen said. So thank you so much, Karen, for the conversation. And for you listeners, thank you so much. I always appreciate the time. And until next time, bottoms up.